And so we're going to take a few moments and we're going to share this morning. You're welcome to take a seat. Pastor Rob's going to come up here to the front with a microphone. We just open it up. We just ask. The only thing that we ask is that you give space for other people to share. So come and give your testimony. Encourage one another with whatever you're sharing in your testimony so we can celebrate and may our faith be built together. Amen? Amen. Come as you are. Thank you. Okay. Um, So many things to be thankful for this year. I'll pick one publicly. And it's the small groups. I haven't been in one in so many years. And Eric and I were talking before it all started in October about which one to go to. And there were so many great choices. You know, I love talking about the Bible with Rob. You've got uh, Paul and Leslie have one. Um, Brenda's got one. I was like, which one do we choose? And finally it came down to, well, the, really the best night for me was probably going to be Friday. And we had started to get to know Dave and Lisa. So we, we picked Friday night's Dave and Lisa's group. So the very first night of small group, we show up, and I don't know if Lisa remembers this, but the very first question she asked us, we we sit down, we're brand new, and she looks at us and says, are you sure you guys want to be here? (laughs) And and, and, and I was like, wow, what, Rob, you taught your guys, you know, to ask that question, the opening question of the first night. So I thought, is it just for music people or something? Like what, I'm looking around at Erica. So, but no, what she really meant, and she said, she goes, well, you know, there's a lot of kids in this house. You guys okay with that? And, you know, little did she know, I'm like, hey, I'm fine with the kids. It's the dog that I'm concerned about. (laughs) But anyway, uh, fast forward a couple weeks later, right after one of the studies, had a great chat with Christian, uh, which is Danielle and Cooper's uh, older one over here. We were talking about the book of Proverbs, and I'm like, Come on, this is, you know, kids, this is great. If we're going to talk about the Bible, I, I'm all in. I don't see anything wrong with the kids, and they're not making any problem, not creating any issues. Here's the seminal moment, though. It was a couple weeks after that. We're at a soccer, we're at Dalen's soccer game. Dalen was playing uh, in the state quarterfinals for soccer. He plays at Penridge, goalie. So we're there in the stands, and uh, uh, Lemon and Dawson have these copy books with pens and stuff and they decided they were going to write a story and they go into their office which was behind us in the bleachers so about 10 minutes later I get a tug on the arm and it was Dawson and she hands me her copy book and I'm all excited to read her story right I'm thinking maybe she's going to write a story about soccer because her brother's playing maybe a Disney character possibly ice skating animals I don't know what to expect so I open up her copy book, and it's got both pages open. And as I start reading, and I'll tell you what the story was in a second, my voice gets louder and louder and louder. I'm getting more excited because I realized what it was. And I open it up, and it, and it starts out, God is faithful who calls you, who also will do it. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So here it is, you know, this young girl, daughter of Lisa and Dave, has the choice of anything to write a story about on a Saturday afternoon soccer game, and she chooses her Bible verse. So Erica and I are going to the car in the parking lot after Dalen's game, and she says to me, John, I I love those kids. And and I said to her, I do too. After two months, not even two months, we've grown to love your kids. Dave, Lisa, thank you for inviting us into your home every Friday night. And, and I'll tell you, when I drove home that day, this is when I knew we made the right choice. Second John 
right before Revelation, John's older, he writes to the elect lady. He says, the elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth. I rejoiced greatly when I found of thy children walking in truth. And it hit me. That verse kind of consolidated everything Eric and I were hoping for. So not the kids were not a detraction. Remember that first night? Are you guys sure you want to be here? The kids were an attraction, and we're so happy to be part of that group. Thank you, guys. I uh, just want to say that God is good. I had a relationship with the Lord that was meaningful. Uh, but I do want to thank him today, give him the glory, because he has changed my attitude in, in relation to my family, my son and my, my wife and my daughter. Um, I knocked the chip off my shoulder, and I have um, the Lord to thank for that. And it's, it's really special. Uh, with my family now. So give him the praise. I'm speaking in from the stage. Um, for those wondering, yes, we lost that game to nothing. It's fine. That's beyond the point. But um, I'm just thankful for all of you who, through all my life, I've been, what, 11 years coming here? And everyone's been so welcoming, supportive of me being up here, back there. There, like everywhere, and all of you just very supportive. So I thank you guys a lot. I get tired, so I apologize. Uh, this was on my heart last year, and I didn't speak. And I'm gonna try to get through this. Um, so we tried for two years to have my daughter after my son. And that pregnancy was something that scared me to death. So um, I basically had some issues throughout the whole pregnancy, one thing or another. But I ended up at 17 weeks, I wake up uh, to a murder scene. And, you know, you're thinking, God, my baby. And luckily I had um, an ultrasound schedule with the maternal fetal medicine doctor that morning. So we go in and they scan and there she was kicking away, you know. Centers on the bottom instead of the top. Um, so, like the top of your uterus is filled with nutrients, and the bottom not so much. And any kind of issues going into early labor, you hemorrhage, you die. So, um, you know, hearing that there's, you know, a death rate um, that you might not make it, that your baby might not make it, was. <laughs> 
Every day you wait for the shoe to drop, you know? Is this the day? Is this the day? Um, and then we made it to... We made it to 36 weeks. We were getting ready to do the C-section, and they decided to do an ultrasound scan. And um, they were like, you know, the, the placenta is moved a little bit, like 0.5 centimeters from your cervix. So we think you can, you can wait a little bit longer to, to have this baby. So we're like, okay, great. You know, that's amazing. So the next day was my son's fourth birthday. And um, wouldn't you know it, um, I ended up hemorrhaging on his birthday. And our options are to call an ambulance but go to a hospital that can't deliver or um, to hop in the car and drive down to Abington as fast as we can. <laughs> so 12 minutes later, from Lansdale to Abington, <laughs> we're... We're there after. <laughs> Good job, honey. God, sorry, God. I, I, you know. She usually yells at me. <laughs> um, and back to the OR. Six minutes later, she's out. She's healthy. She's crying. She's beautiful. So, but this is where it gets really crazy. So, we were unsure if we wanted to have any more kids. It was. A very dangerous situation. Um, we met with my doctor, and who was amazing. He prays with us before we have our babies. Um, and he said to me, if you want to do it, go for it. I will not let you die. I will do everything. I will never let you die. I got you. So we ended up pregnant with Bryn. Um, and... I felt great. Things were going awesome. I go in for my scan at 13 weeks. And you never want to see the doctor after an ultrasound, you know. So, but sure enough, the doctor comes in and baby's okay. Baby's all right, but we need to talk about some things. So placenta previa again. But this time it's on your C-section scar and that the, and that, you have, most likely have a creta. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of a creta, but it's where the placenta grows through and attaches to major organs. Um, and it, that death rate is a lot higher. Um, and I just broke down because, you know, I just felt so good and right up until that moment. And um, the thought of leaving behind my other two babies. Um, so we we left knowing, okay, baby's coming. You know, they're going to hysterectomy. They're going to have to repair organs. All this stuff is going to have to happen. You know, we'll get through it. We'll, you know, let go and let God is always, is always my thing. So we were here um, two weeks later and it was the end of service and and Pastor Paul was asking people who needed prayer to come up. And I'm just weeping in my seat. And my husband drags me up. Come on, come on. At this point, we've been coming here for a little over a year, I believe. And Jim was over here. And, uh, you know, we didn't tell anybody what was going on. And 
he knew and he put his hands on my stomach and we prayed and cried and prayed and cried. Two weeks later, I went back for an ultrasound and they said, you don't have any of that. No previa, no accreta, your placenta is high, everything's perfect, everything's great, and it was the easiest pregnancy I had. And now we're doing it again. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, I know it's probably a moment that, you know, for him it was just a moment, but for us, you know, and, and just reaching out to God and he makes miracles. So over the past year, I have been through a lot, and life has kind of stretched me thin in a lot of ways, and through a lot of dark seasons that I can't begin to describe. But something I've learned over the past year through all of that is even in the darkest seasons where you can't feel God, He is still there. And I don't know, there have been a lot of times where I felt like, God, where are you in this situation? And as time has passed, looking back on those situations, each time I can see God's provision through each one and his sustenance of me and those around me. So I'm grateful to God for his faithfulness, even when, even when we can't see it. Hi, I'm Larry. I'm Tracy's dad. What I'm grateful for is her walk, DJ and Tracy finding this community, this church. We attend to another church, but as a parent, you do worry about your children growing up and you worry about what's, what's going on. But if you teach them in the, when they're young, they'll walk the path. So I just say thank you, Lord, for all that. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm kind of, uh, can I, I'm going to read before saying something. Psalm 116, I'm starting in verse 12. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. So I'm here in presence of all God people just to express my uh, gratitude towards God for everything that he's been doing for me and my family. 
I have so many things to say, but I'm just going to talk about. Uh, first of all, uh, we've been praying Tuesday. People that they came on Tuesday prayer night, they know I have I have my uncle that was in coma, and we prayed for him. In April, they said that they called us. They said that he has only a few days. He was in coma. One part, one lung was damaged, totally damaged, and they said that he's not going to survive because he had like bacteria. I don't even know what it is, but they said that it uh, was impossible for him uh, to survive. He had only a few days. And the, the day that they called me, I could not sleep. I was so scared. I didn't want even to hear a phone call because I was so scared thinking that they would tell us that he's gone. And then my husband was there. He, we, he noticed that I was so afraid. And he told me that just have faith, you know, to God. And pray and uh, we'll see what God is going to do. And I came here in prayer night. I told them about uh, my uncle and then we prayed for him. And then later on, since he was in coma, a few weeks later, he woke up. And then he said that uh, while he was in coma, the people that came, they said that he has to pay. He has debts. He has to pay. He's like, I don't own you guys anything. And then one man came. He said that let him go. He said, they said that, no, we are not going to let him go. He has to pay. He has debt, so he can't return back. And the man said that I am the commander, heavenly commander chief, and I'm paying for all his debt. And then he paid all his debt, and then he said that let him go. That was why when he woke up. And then I thank God. We prayed for him, and then I came back. I said, let us keep on praying for him. We prayed for him, and then and I understood as I was sharing for everybody, said that the heavenly commander chief was Jesus who paid our debt. And then that he's the one who brought him back to life because he had only a few days to live. But on Thanksgiving, I spoke with him. He even drove from France to Belgium to see my aunt. And he's perfectly good. And he's just recovered for his health. And then we thank God for that because God, he's a miracle working God, as my sister said. Yes. And the other one, we've been looking for a house for long. Last year, we've been looking for a house. When we're applying, nothing, we're not getting anything. And then we got to the point that my husband said that, okay, let's just put it on hold. We are not going to look for it now. And then in September, he said that, let's do it again. And then when we started again, we, we had like three houses and among of the three houses, we loved, we loved like, I'll say like pretty much three of them, but my heart was in the two first houses. And then uh, when we applied, Pastor Paul came, and then we told Pastor Paul about it. The first one was just closer here, and then we were so, you know, patient. we wanted to have the house. And then we prayed with Pastor Paul. He called us. The day after, we said that no, they gave it to someone else. And then I told him that we are applying for the other one is Collegeville. <laughs> and the funniest thing, he sent me a message saying, telling me that I'm praying for God for you guys not to have the house. 
<laughs> because we told him, we said that our prayer is like we want to have a house which is closer to the church. We don't want to be far to the church. And our kids, they are involved into the youth mini, uh, you know, group. And then being far is not going to help us a lot. And also wanted to be close to church and me be close to my work. That was our prayer. And then Pastor Paul said that I'm praying for you guys not to have the house. Because college is going to be far away from your house, from the church. And everything, I want, I don't, I'm praying. I'm like, wait a minute. That's what I say. Pastor Paul, you don't have to pray for that. I say that in my heart. And that, that house was uh, in the market for so long. They even decreased the price. We had so many chances to get the house. And then the next day, our realtor agent said that, unfortunately, I said, that's Pastor Paul prayer. <laughs> but God answered to, he said that, I, I told him, okay, we, we are applying for the, we submitting the application for the other one. So God answered to our prayer. I'll say that to his prayer as well. And then God bless us with a house that is just four minutes away from the church. So we're so grateful and thankful to God for everything. Amen. We're going to open up the mic again for people to share. Pastor Rob is going to come up again if you have some more testimonies that you'd like to share today. Is your heart full? just from the testimonies of others? Doesn't it build your faith to hear what God's doing in the lives of other people? Isn't that awesome? Amen. Amen. Hello, I'm Wendy. um, And my daughter, Heather, she's going to get upset because I'm talking about her. Um, Heather was in the tank and she was uh, helping to uh, baptize Myla. Yay, Myla. Um, this morning, but um, something you might not know if you haven't been here for a while is uh, just like I think it was Larry said that you always worry about your kids <laughs> and what's going to happen um, to them and when they go off and when they go off to college. And I am so thankful that uh, she uh, that God provided her with friends uh, to be able to do that. But even more so, um, her junior and senior year. Um, was a really uh, difficult time. She um, was suffering from something called POTS, which is like a form of dysautonomia, and the girl um, had to finish with homeschooling from school because she couldn't get up in the morning and she was passing out. She had migraines and insomnia. It was a really, really uh, difficult time. So the fact that she is um, able to go to college and is healed and, and, and be able to function that way, it's just a blessing, and we're so thankful for it. Just, just to add to that. <laughs> the, uh, the enemy wants to take away your hope. those of you who have children, you know your hopes and your dreams for them. And when they're going through that struggle and they're losing things that they love and they're not able to dance, (laughs) 
and they can't be in the choir and they have to drop it from school and you just keep feeling like it's hopeless. You keep praying, you keep praying, you keep hoping and uh, things just get worse and things just seem to be going in the wrong direction and years start to go by and you just think, God, what is going on? Why the hopelessness and just trying not to give up hope and trying to trust in your Lord and to believe that um, there is another side, but you just can't see it. You can't see the other side. And so I'm here to say um, that God is good. We, we were able to go last weekend to Lock Haven and see. and see other dance and that she's made new friends and even better friends and that she's doing great in her studies and that God has healed her. God is good and there is hope. Amen? So, full disclosure, this is one of those testimonies I was not going to share, but I guess Holy Spirit's like melting me in my seat, so, uh, you know, that's obviously a cue. Uh, so, so uh, I was deployed, I was deployed in August 21, I returned in June of 22. I can do this. Uh, it was one of the most stressful parts of my life so far. And uh, I had no clue why I was there. No clue. <laughs> what the Lord would send me. <laughs> but... I know the Lord met me in those times. I know the Lord was with me in those times, even if I lost sight. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because to this day, I still don't know why I was sent. But it doesn't mean I shouldn't have gone. So I encourage whoever's on the cusp of a difficult, stressful situation or in, in the midst of it, just keep moving because it's all about showing up and doing the work. It's not about the fun, shiny rainbows. So, yeah. for a while, but um, just this last week, my family decided to put my mom on hospice, which is end-of-life care, and um, she has wonderful support system, and she's great people who are with her all the time, but 
Spending time with my mom right now is like a roller coaster ride. Uh, some days she's the sweet, wonderful mom that brought me into this world and took care of me for a very long time through a, a bitter divorce and um, through all the ups and downs that go with that. And and sometimes she's a person I, I don't recognize. She calls me names. She tells me to get out and she won't, won't hold my hand. But I'm trying to... F- to find the beauty in the ashes and look at the good things in how it has brought my family together. Um, my brother lives in Oregon and he was here earlier and he's coming back. And I've spent more time with my brother in the past two months than I have in the past 10 years. And that's a blessing. Um, I've been able to see my sister and her children and my, my children my own children just rise to unbelievable um, support and love for their Nana. And, um, and it's really, um, it's a sad time, but it's, it's a good time. And we share a lot of the um, wonderful things that my mom has done in her life. And um, so I know that no matter what the next six months bring, God is with us and he's with her. And um, when she does go, I know where she's going to be. Um, I'm never good with public speaking, but I just want to thank all of you for your prayers for my mom. Because... Back in September, she was diagnosed with cancer, and we didn't know if it spread, and it came out of nowhere. And by all of your prayers, especially Kathy LaCourt and Pat back there, um, they nothing spread. So we're like, okay, great. So she got a hysterectomy, and the surgery went south. We had no idea. Um, my dad had a brain procedure back in April, so we didn't even know if he could be okay living alone. It was very stressful. We're all working full-time, have our own families, and my mom was on a ventilator for 15 days, and it didn't look good. Um, we didn't know if she was going to be permanently paralyzed. Um, she went in there perfectly healthy. Well, not perfectly healthy, but as healthy as she thinks she is. Um, driving the night before, and by the grace of God, she is. she got out of the coma. I guess it was an induced coma, and she's not walking quite yet, but I could talk to her every day. I wasn't talking. I didn't talk to her for two full weeks, and it was heart-wrenching. And she is in rehab now, and we're hoping that she gets home for my dad's 75th birthday, that she's been just trying to get to this surprise party. So I just want to thank all of you for your prayers throughout this difficult time. Thank you. I have another house story. Uh, For those of you that know my family, my daughter and her husband and their son moved in four years ago. And just recently, those three and two more moved out. (laughs) Um, It's a long God story. Uh, As you know, the real estate market is not great at the moment. Houses are being sold for 
20, 40, 50,000 dollars over what they're asking. But to keep it short, Pastor Paul, no. um, God arranged for them to find a house, and as long as they were willing to do some work and help the lady out with the stuff that she left behind, they got it for $60,000 under the selling value. this kind of market you can't arrange that without help from God and after 44 years Debbie and I are trying to enjoy some silence (laughs) Perry just don't go to the Bockerts community group if you want silence just had to say that so it's not that bad I am going to give a shout out to um, Pastor Rob because um, he is a behind-the-scenes man, but he calls people up. He equips people with the Word of God, and he, he encourages. So I, I personally never thought that I would be a community group leader. I was, wasn't equipped enough. I didn't say the right Bible verses. I didn't, you know, that's just what I was telling myself. And he gave me a lot of encouragement. But the first group, he put Tracy Whitney in my group. I was like, really, Rob? Like, and I don't know if you guys know her. She's the one that comes up sometimes and will give verses and then, like, drop the mic and then go sit back in the seat. <laughs> but don't drop the mic. You'll give them a heart attack. But anyway, so then that community group we went through, and I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can prepare myself. And this last community group, I see the list, and John is in my group. And I'm like, Rob, like, seriously? Like, but you know that I am equipped and you encourage me and you have been a blessing because you've been encouragement every Friday and also just you've been you've been keeping me accountable um, not that you're really doing it but just your presence alone makes me um, have to be accountable and we are all equipped to do this because we are united and we can build as a body so thank you Rob um, thank you Pastor Paul for his community group so we are going to celebrate, right? Yeah, we're going to celebrate through communion. Awesome. Okay. Right? Yeah. We're going to celebrate through communion. If you have your little communion cup and your computer communion packet with you, you can open the little thingy off the top there. And as you're doing that, I just want to say one thing briefly <clears throat> about a lot of the testimonies that you heard this morning. Yeah, there's a common theme in there that God's in the midst of all of that. That's part of what being selfless and thanking God with an attitude of gratitude is about. But did you notice how many times people talked about God's faithfulness in the context of other people and community? Did you notice how many times God didn't just answer prayer, but he used other people as part of the process? Did you notice that? Because we're not created just to be individuals. The church doesn't just meet online. The church meets as a body. The church gathers as a body. The church encourages one another, prays for each other, lays hands on one another, gives gifts, sends notes, eats meals at each other's table. All of those things are part of what God has created us to do. And that's what it means to be a body. We do things together individualism. Theo said last Sunday, individualism isn't a Christian concept. 
That's what he was saying. And what I, what I believe in my heart, what, is really, what we're really meaning in that is the prayer of salvation and the desire to follow Jesus is a very personal thing. But God then grafts us into his family as sons and daughters. You understand? That's how it works. So he doesn't just say, I've saved you. Go live your life by yourself. He says, you're now part of a big family, guys. And the family's larger than this building and larger than this town and larger than this state. It's bigger than anything we could imagine. And our father is God on God alone. We're now sons and daughters of the most high God. That's what the song means. So I just want you to think about that as we take a few moments this morning and we remember what Jesus did. He didn't just take a cup and a piece of bread and he didn't just break that and speak to that because he wanted us to remember what he was going to do on the cross. No, he took a moment and he reminded his disciples, I'm dying so that you can be one with the Father and with each other. That's the beauty of communion this morning. If you have your wafer, would you please take that now? The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Lord, before we take this bread this morning, may we be reminded of your broken body. May we be reminded of our brokenness. And may we come to you humbly today, seeking your forgiveness, seeking your healing and your restoration. And as we take this bread, Lord, may that just be a reminder that you offer grace to all who choose to accept it. Let's take the bread this morning and remember his brokenness so that we can be whole. on to say in the same way after supper he took the cup and he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me Lord when we drink this cup may we not be reminded just of your shed blood may we be reminded of what the blood represents the new covenant in the blood of Christ to bring forgiveness to all who need it to bring righteousness for those that are unrighteous, to bring healing and hope for those that are hopeless, to bring restoration for those that are broken, to bring hope for the hopeless. Jesus, you came to not just give us life, but to give us an abundant life. And may we be reminded, in the midst of sorrow, there is joy. In the midst of struggle, there is peace. And God, in the midst of it all, you are there. Not just for a moment, but for eternity. You hear our prayers, you strengthen us, you encourage us, and the church continues to be the light and the living hope of the world. So God, we take this cup this morning and may we be reminded of your shed blood and the hope that comes and is given through your salvation. I'm sorry for the sacrifice that you've given us on the cross. Let's take the cup and remember.
Jesus came that we would celebrate, not ourselves, but the one who came so that we could be free. Amen? You believe that? Our testimonies that are shared this morning, are your hearts more encouraged this morning after these testimonies? If they are, would you just give God a little praise this morning? I love the fact that not every testimony ends and ties up in a nice little bow tie. I love that because that's part of what it means to be followers of Jesus. He says, in this world, you'll have trouble, but what? Take heart. I have what? Overcome the world. So if you would join us this morning, as we get ready to close our service out, we just want to sing a final song and make a declaration of what God says through his son in John 10, 10. The enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But he says, I've come that you will have life and abundant life. Jesus Christ is our hope for this world and the world to come. Would you stand with us?